Welcome to episode 25. Do you get sick each year? Maybe the cold or the flu or something in between? If you answered yes, then this one is definitely for you because I'm going to give you the six foods that will help you prevent and manage these health atrocities if and when they pop up in your life. Let's go. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome to another show full of tips, tricks, and tidbits to help you not get sick and die, which is the general aim of life. And since here in Australia, it is coming into winter and getting colder, which is usually good for sleep quality, it is not so good for getting sick and sharing germs a little more than usual. I thought it would be best to knock out six foods that I strongly recommend adding to your diet in winter, whether you're sick or not, as it will help you strengthen your immunity against ills and ails and cold and flu and whether you do or don't get it, it's going to help you out. So it's going to help reduce the impact if you do catch it and the time that you're having to endure it. Before I get started though, I just want to do a quick shout out to my crew in Mongolia, right? Mongolia. So the last month or so, I've been popping up in the charts over there and I just want to send a huge thank you to all the listeners over in Mongolia that I'm getting from over the pond and thank, just, you know, I love you guys. Thanks so much. Obviously not uh, a country that I expected my podcast to be listened into. So I'm just absolutely super grateful for everyone that is listening to my podcast and specifically this month. Thank you guys in Mongolia. So it's very much appreciated and it's so super and wonderful and, you know, to be listened to consistently um, over there. And that's the listenership from absolutely everywhere. So, special mentions also go to Iceland and, of course, the USA. So, thank you so much. You guys are consistently absorbing my content and putting me in the charts in your respective countries. And so, thank you so much. I'm really, really grateful. Anyway, to today's content, six foods and maybe if you're lucky, and I think you are, I'll drop you a freebie at the end, but on one condition, only if whilst you're listening to this episode, you can head over and give a five-star rating and a couple sentences of review to get this podcast growing exponentially across the world to different countries so we can help more people. Does that sound like a deal? I think it's a deal. All right, let's get into it. Food number one, blueberries. So, all berries have high concentrations of antioxidants and we know that antioxidants are super beneficial in our cells because they help clean up the free radicals. So, free radicals buzz around our cells and they're little, essentially electrons that are, and they're called radicals, free radicals, because they're, think of it like this, they're behaving radically. They're they're the drunk guy at the party when nobody else is drunk. They're running around causing problems, breaking things, and that's what free radicals do in our cells. So, absorbing antioxidants, they help clean up free radicals um, and in doing so, they help fight off flu viruses and colds and different pathogens that might be uh, detrimental to it, to the functioning of our cells. But the reason I pick blueberries is because they pack the most punch. When tested against a bunch of other foods, blueberries were found to have more antioxidants than 40 other fruits and vegetables. So, you know, they're very much in the group of leaders and, and a lot of berries are in that group, but blueberries are number one. So, blueberries are filled with antioxidants that can help treat and prevent coughs and colds and flus and stuff, as we mentioned. And according to some research that came from the University of Auckland, the uh, flavonoids that are 
are a part of blueberries. They helped. They they found that these flavonoids helped more than thirty three percent of adults decrease their chance of catching a cold. So you know who doesn't want any reduction in likelihood that you'll catch a cold? And in this case, it was thirty three percent of this particular study. And the people that were thirty three percent more likely did not eat a diet that was rich in flavonoids and consuming blueberries. So the idea, of course, is that we want to increase our blueberry intake. Just a quick tip though, by the way, I find that blueberries go moldy quite quickly and they don't keep very long. So here's here's a quick tip. Eating frozen berries isn't as good as eating them fresh, of course, but it's better than eating them cooked. So the idea is that, you know, you can actually put them in the freezer during winter, but let them, when you pull them out for salads and smoothies and yogurts and breakfasts and muesli and stuff, you know, make sure they come to room temperature or they at least defrost. That's the best way to consume them. I have recently made the shift. Blueberries are exceptionally expensive here in Australia. And I've just made the shift, particularly for winter, because it's not blueberry season, uh, to frozen blueberries. Um, and it's easier to find them organically that way and it's also easier for them to keep they will keep longer and it's probably more cost effective i prefer fresh but that's what we've got to do in winter so all right food number two this one is a favorite of mine and that is you've probably you probably already guessed this probably on your own lists you know our mums and nans have been telling us this for years absolutely forever and that is garlic so this pungent superfood which has a, you know it's got a built-in reputation for being one of the best cold curing foods or any illness food it's so good for boosting our immunity several studies now have showed garlic's ability to reduce flu symptoms and the outcomes but lots of supplement companies have used some form of garlic supplement which can aid in helping people deal with their cold and flu and their their immune levels. Um, And despite the research that has already been done, it is very well known for its antiviral properties. Okay, It's a very strong antiviral. And often the things that we catch in winter are often virus-based, virally-based. So we want to consume these things to strengthen and boost the immune system. Um, And it's been used for that for a a long portion of human history, long before science came along and proved these things to be true. So lots of different medical infrastructures throughout history have utilized garlic in this particular way. But to go a little deeper on the garlic conversation, and you may have heard me talk about this before through some of my other mediums, but garlic contains a couple of compounds that are particularly useful to the immune system and benefiting your health in this situation. One's called allium, and the most important one is allicin. I want you to remember this allicin molecule through the phrase allicin in garlic land. Okay, I like to use this little, I guess, catchphrase to help me remember because, and I'll explain why you need to remember this, this particular allicin molecule in regards to garlic. So, allicin and, and allium, they have their, they're the antiviral effects. They're the powerful, potent, immune boosting, beneficial parts of the, uh, garlic molecules. And the, the sulfur molecules that come out of garlic as well are super beneficial. But if you happen to come in contact with a flu virus, these are the molecules that can help you destroy the flu virus before it becomes fully blown up in the body and this massive whole body flu. But to get the most out of your garlic's proper, like immune boosting properties and flu fighting properties, it's best to chew the garlic raw or dice it up into a, like with a knife into a handful of little pieces and put those and, and have, grab some water and swig it back like it's a group of, like a handful of little supplements or tablets. Now, why? You've got to remember, allicin in garlic land. So, allicin, the allicin molecule, denatures, meaning it breaks apart at 
the very low temperature of 26 degrees Celsius, not Fahrenheit. I'm in Australia, so we're the metric system. So Celsius, 26 degrees Celsius. That's very low. So the second that you dice up garlic and chuck it in your hot wok to make stir fry or your hot pan to flavor vegetables, the allicin molecule has been deconstructed through the exposure to heat very rapidly. That's And that's one of the, mo- the strongest molecules for fighting the viruses, right? So what you need to do is you need to have have this garlic clove raw by chewing it or dicing it up and knocking it back with a um, with a bit of water. It's That's what I do. So every time I'm prepping dinner and I'm cooking garlic, I usually c- cut off half a clove or a full clove, dice it up, knock it back. Obviously, that's if I don't plan to go out and absolutely reek of garlic breath having just consumed raw garlic. <laughs> but that's what you need to do to get the best properties of it. And if, if you're sick, you should be doing this um, fairly regularly, particularly. And obviously, if you're not sick, still going to benefit the strengthening of the immune system. A quick tip with using crushed garlic, it's actually really beneficial and easier to knock back if you use it with honey. So honey's got uh, the benefits of being antimicrobial, antibacterial, antifungal. It's uh, it's just a powerhouse honey. It's it's an absolute powerhouse. And it's often if you have a sore throat, honey's also usually good to um, coat the throat with or just to have in uh, your cups of tea or whatever, whatever concoction you might make up to make you feel better because it has these properties. And therefore, combining it with garlic can make one garlic a little more palatable and also strengthens and diversifies the power of these two immune boosting foods when when put together. So you can even add a, add a few um, you know drops of honey onto your stir fry that you use the garlic with. So you know the the, the sulfur compounds in the garlic also have these um, antimicrobial fa- effects, which are enhanced by the presence of honey. Okay, because that the honey also has similar properties. All right, so garlic was that one. So. What have we got so far? We've got blueberries, we've got garlic. So we're on to food number three. Another one of my favorites. I talk a lot about this one, and it is ginger. Okay, ginger is an immune boosting powerhouse. So ginger's warm, sort of spicy flavor is thanks to sesquiterpenes. Okay, and these are the particular properties that give the uh, the ginger root its sort of aromatic smell and flavor. And these sesquiterpenes in ginger are anti-rhinoviral. And so you're probably thinking, what is that? I've heard antiviral before. What is anti-rhinoviral? So what that means, in other words, is that they kill the rhinovirus, and the rhinovirus is the common cold. So, rhinoviruses are a particular type of virus characterized by notation rhino, and which relates to their physical structure and the way that they behave in the body. So, ginger has these molecules that are specifically anti-rhinoviral. So, if you've got the common cold during winter or whenever you might get it or you're feeling down, including ginger is paramount because it's the things that you're most susceptible to catching in winter, being on public transport heaps, you know, the other kids at creche, passing on to the other your kids at creche and then bringing it home, are very likely to be in this category of rhinoviruses. Okay, it's a very common thing that pops up and um, is, is sort of everywhere when it comes to winter and those cold months. Um, and it, as well, when it comes to treating a common cold, ginger is one of the best foods for relief, okay, because there's been, there's been a bunch 
bunch of studies published around pain relief and nausea when it comes to the use of ginger. And in the International Journal of Preventative Medicine, researchers actually summarized that ginger's potent anti-inflammatory properties, remember anti-inflammatory is super important, virtually all illness and disease has a foundation in issues with or the body's production of inflammation or inflammatory response to situations and managing the inflammation or lowering it then allows the immune system to come in and do its job. Inflammation is a part of the body's immune system, but having things that are anti-inflammatory are super beneficial to your healing process. In this study where they summarized that the ginger's potent anti-inflammatory properties were key to using this route uh, to combat the cold and flu because inflammation is a part of all, virtually all illness. And just think, for example, like when you're sick, when you got a cold, your face might be hurt because you're uh, sinuses are swollen. They're inflamed. So, consuming something that has anti-inflammatory proper- properties will help to lower this inflammation, which will therefore lower the inflammation in your sinuses, lower the swelling, and allow the immune system to get through those passages and those blood pathways in order to clean up the problem and have these properties in the food that we're eating and potentially the drugs that you might be taking will allow them to get get to the place they need to and kill the virus, which, is, of course, is the aim of eating these foods. Obviously, I'm going to suggest and recommend and do myself preferentially dealing with these things with food primarily um, because it's it's uh, very easy to do so and it's easy to add these things into our diet so that we optimize the outcome. All right, that's number three. So, number three was ginger. We've got blueberries, garlic, ginger. All right, number four. Food number four is broccoli, but I'm going to also extend this to just cruciferous vegetables in general. So, broccoli is a cruciferous vegetable um, and cruciferous vegetables include like cabbage, broccoli, broccoli sprouts, broccolini, um, red cabbage, you know, bok choy, these types of food. They're all cruciferous vegetables and the University of California in Los Angeles researched this group of uh, cruciferous vegetables and found that specifically broccoli, and as well as some of the others, helped boost immunity. According to their studies, researchers claim that, and this is becoming super well known now, you've just got to, you know, you don't have to go far on a podcast, on the podcast circuit to find people talking about this, and that is that the sulforaphane in cruciferous vegetables is the thing that you need to switch on antioxidant genes and enzymes that are specific to immune system cells, okay? And Dr. Rhonda Patrick talks an absolute ton about this. If you're into this space at all, she, she's got a bunch of lectures and talks in podcasts specifically on the powers of sulforaphane and how to consume more of it, okay? And the the so the antioxidant genes that we need to switch on, which help combat free radicals in our cells, uh, are aided by the fact by the presence of this sulforaphane. And in like, in addition to just broccoli, the, the entire cruciferous vegetable family help you build this immunity, not just from its sulforaphane, but the plethora of good molecules that they have in that help you clear out toxins, but also empower your immune system to fight viruses and fungal infections and all the different things that you might catch during winter, including, of course, the cold and the flu. So, the combination of vitamins and antioxidants that appear in these cruciferous vegetables are the things that help your immune system. And the highest sulforaphane content which is, like I said, being talked about sort of everywhere. This sulforaphane molecule that's so beneficial can be found in broccoli sprouts, which you can grow at home in just a little tray or a or a glass jar that has um, an elastic band and some mesh over the lid. Really easy to use, and they're super potent in this sulforaphane compound. So, broccoli and cruciferous vegetables is number four. 
So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. All right, food number five, capsicum and kiwi fruit. And generally speaking, I'm going to extend this category, this capsicum category to vitamin C foods. But I talk about capsicum because it's super, super high in vitamin C, far, far more than any orange will ever be. So uh, as we know, vitamin C kind of has a reputation as that flu-fighting nutrient. And it does for a reason because there's some a lot of research out there to indicate that this vitamin can actually shorten the duration of colds and flus. Okay, It can actually shorten the duration that you're suffering from this. So that thus consuming foods that are exceptionally high in vitamin C on a very frequent basis throughout the period of being sick is obviously going to be hugely beneficial. So often we reach, I guess, in this scenario for orange juice when we're sick and we think vitamin C, orange juice, but the food is going to be more beneficial that contains an array of nutrients that contain all the supporting compounds that aid uptake and they aid the consumption of these types of things and they aid the metabolism of vitamin C and all of the different things that appear in there. Whereas in, whereas in orange juice or any particular juice that you might buy off the shelf at the supermarket, the, just the, the bit that you like has been extracted from the organic real food, whole real food, and then it has been amplified by a factor of whatever it might be for that brand and you're not getting all of the good bits. And of course, you're not getting the fiber. The fiber helps with the absorption of these things and contain their own nutrients. The fiber is an important nutrient for your gut health. So, don't necessarily reach for orange juice, but reach for vitamin C-rich foods, okay? And the number one one that I always recommend is capsicum, red capsicum and eat it raw, eat it like an apple. Kiwi fruit is the same. It's very high in vitamin C. And again, you're going to get a plethora of different nutrients in this context. Okay. So one cup of orange sections contains about 160% of your daily need for vitamin C. So, you know, that's already pretty good. A cup of grapefruit, grapefruit offers 120%. However, a cup of kiwi fruit blows citrus out of the water with 273% of your daily intake. And why am I recommending capsicum? Because eating one whole red capsicum in a day, like a normal size, an average size, is about 560% of your daily intake of vitamin C. So it's a powerhouse and strongly recommend doing this when you're ill. All right. So that was number five. 
All right. And now number six is a, you know, it's a bit of a personal favorite. And a lot of people uh, actually refer to me with this word as part of my name because I bang on about this particular food for so many different things. And that is mushrooms. So some of you out there that are listening have probably been people that have called me Maddie Mushroom because I've done a lot of lectures on these and I've done a lot of Facebook lives and I've done a lot of education on mushrooms. And I'm a huge fan. Okay, so this winter or whenever you're getting sick, consider it shroom season. (laughs) No, not that type, guys. Not that type of shroom. All right. Just chill out. We'll talk about those types of shrooms in September, which is Magic Mushroom Month, and I can't wait to get to September to talk about magic mushrooms and their therapeutic and medicinal benefits. But anyway, I digress. So mushrooms themselves have a really powerful antiviral property, and it can strengthen the body, of course, against these flu viruses, which are often viral infections. So it is believed to be partly thanks to the specific type of carbohydrate that mushrooms contain, and that particular carbohydrate is called beta-glucans. Okay, it's a particular type of carb that sits in our gut and is interacted with by our gut flora in a way that is believed to be super beneficial to the antiviral effects of mushrooms. So to expand on how amazing mushrooms are, they even actually use turkey tail mushrooms in conjunction with some cancer therapies in Japan. And mushrooms have also been used for a very long time in different cultures to strengthen the immune system from a plethora of different angles because the mushrooms are there's obviously super diverse in their species. There's lots of different types with lots of different benefits and they're used to fix problems, to cure diseases. They're used to provide antiviral properties to the body like we're talking about in this instance in winter fighting colds and flus and just generally boost the immune system's function and capabilities. So I would definitely recommend introducing mushrooms like shiitake, white button mushrooms, um, reishi mushrooms, turkey tail mushrooms, all of these types. Introduce them to your, to your diet and in diversity. As you'll always hear me say, whole real food Step number one. The next one is the rainbow method. So colorful and diverse. And now obviously most mushrooms don't, aren't diverse in color, but you should still diversify your mushroom consumption because they all have different aspects of them, which are beneficial to boosting your immune function. And your immune system is an exceptionally complex part of the body. So providing your body and your immune system with a complex array of molecules to add to its arsenal is only ever going to benefit your situation. Okay, so that's six, right? I'm pretty sure that's six. We've got blueberries, garlic, ginger, broccoli, capsicum, mushrooms. Yeah, that's six. All right, cool. So by this time, obviously, I'm super hopeful that you have spent the time to write a rating and a review because if you have, then you get number seven. I'm going to throw in number seven, all right? So, first, I want to thank you for writing a a rating and review. That is the most important step to growing this podcast organically. So, a big thank you. The number of listeners is certainly growing and I'm super excited about that. But the best way to really have some profound impact is for those ratings and reviews to go up because it allows more people to find it when they type in the appropriate words into their search engine. So, thank you. Anyway, I'm going to dive into... The freebie number seven, food number seven. So, again, this is going to be more of a category and that is probiotics, okay? So, probiotics are super important for the health of your gut. So, why? Because so our gut is from literally mouth to bum is completely loaded and coated with bacteria of hundreds of thousands of different 
origin and species and diversification and all of these things. There's so many different things in there. And it's actually hypothesized that the DNA of the bacteria that lives in our gut, the ratio of that compared to human DNA is 1 to 100,000. Which makes you wonder or hypothesize, are we really thinking for ourselves? Are we really eating for ourselves or are we governed by the bacteria in our gut? You know, they're a much more powerful organism and they live in our human body by a factor of 100,000 and more in some cases, less in some cases, but it's a huge number. So, the idea is though that they're an important part of our immune system. They're the first line of defense when we absorb something when we consume it like because the bacteria is all over us so the bacteria interacts with it first and probiotics help these bacteria expand in good number in the right types of bacteria okay so what kind of foods are we going to find good probiotics well the number one recommendation that you will normally hear is in dairy products and specifically yogurt now you will very rarely hear me talk about the benefits of dairy because i think most people can benefit from avoiding dairy for the most part and if not always avoiding dairy but it is a very common and uh, accessible means to get probiotics into your gut get healthy bacteria in your gut because yogurt is loaded with probiotics keeping in mind you can also buy vegan options like the vegan and vegetarian options which are not you know and this is not even having the ethical conversation but are not do not involve cows at all. And that's coconut yogurt, almond yogurt. There's, there's just tons of options out there. And they're always probiotics are included in, in the making of those, at least the ones that you can buy in the supermarket. And you can buy, you can make coconut yogurt at home with probiotic supplements. But that's not without denying the fact that yogurt has a lot of great healthy probiotics that are beneficial to your gut. You've all, we've also got kefir. So kefir is a fermented probiotic milk drink. Then we've got a list that you might not be familiar with, but these are foods that you should start introducing to your diet. And we're talking sauerkraut, tempeh, uh, kimchi, miso, kombucha. Uh, you know, these are the types of foods that uh, have bacteria in them that are purposely designed to expand the healthy gut bacteria in your gut. Um, I just want a quick word on kombucha. A lot, you know, it's become really popular, at least here in Melbourne, Australia. I'm not, so, I'm not sure what it's like in your country. Maybe let me know because I'm actually curious. But kombucha is being popularized and it's, you know, you'll find it in any service station, in any store right next to Coca-Cola. Now, remember the kombucha that you often buy out there in the world as a pre-preserved drink. Remember, this is bacteria. So, the, the bacteria grows and can go bad very quickly. So, what you would have to do to a drink to make it long-term stable and have it sit on a shelf and be okay means that there are, it's likely that there's going to be lots of sugar added to control that environment. So, you're consuming lots of sugar, but also a lot of the different things might die off through carbonation. The exposure to these processes might actually kill the healthy bacteria. So, be careful with kombucha and don't have it too much, okay? You don't want to have one particular source of probiotic in absolute excess because then you're only exposing your body to a small number of uh, these probiotics into your gut and you need you want to keep the diversification in your gut wide and broad, okay? So, adding in probiotics is extremely important. Now, the first line of defense in the body is your the bacteria that exists on and in your body and you need to keep that correct so that the right bacteria interacts with diseases and illnesses first and can kill them or remove them upon introduction rather than them moving past there. Okay, so that was the freebie. Add in probiotics into your diet. All right, so we're almost about time. Time bloody flies, you know. Um, anyway, 
that's a wrap for today, guys. I really appreciate you guys jumping on. Add in these seven things to your diet. It's definitely going to benefit your immune system. It's definitely going to benefit you in winter with colds and flus. There's no doubt about it. And whether you're sick or not, or whether it's summer in your country or not, these foods are going to strengthen your immune system. So, make sure you add them to your diet. So, remember, if you learned something from this or you believe you know somebody that can don't do not hesitate to take a screenshot of this and share it with a friend whilst you're at it if you can take a screenshot on of this episode on your phone and pop it in your Instagram story and tag me at Maddie Lansdowne or if you're listening to any of the other episodes and you really love the guests that I've interviewed tag them the information is always in the show notes so just below this episode and I'll make sure to share it that's the most organic way to grow the podcast so I'll give a shout out we'll be able to have a chat and you can also find me on LinkedIn too for anybody that's uh amongst the white collar folk of the world (laughs) so anyway guys I appreciate you jumping on for this episode and I will speak to you next week catch you on the next one bye thanks for listening to the how to not get sick and die podcast if you love this episode and health information is your thing then please consider subscribing to the show and when you're done head over to itunes google podcast or whichever app you use and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow thanks so much and i'll see you on the next episode Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.